0: And now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skulls. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull wearing a killer old school University of Hawaii home field shirt. Love that. It's a
1: beautiful thing. It really is. It is.
0: Well done. I've got the old uh, home field hoodie right there. The script. We are, global like, one. We're we all are, whores for them, man. We really are. Yeah. Like I am. I Not am ashamed shameless. of it either.
1: No, I'm shameless when it comes to home field. I will. I will. I will. I will shell shell for you all day long. Shell even, I don't care. Job Doesn't matter. All of it. Right. I don't even care. Right. For those who don't know, I was born in Hawaii, which makes this shirt. I did not know that. You didn't know that. No. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm an army brat, so I was born, I knew I was born that. on Oahu.
0: Uh, very quickly before we talk about what we're going to actually talk about for the majority of the show, and because this is a Louisville men's uh, basketball game day, we're out at 530 today to turn you over to pregame coverage for Louisville and Pitt tonight, which you'll be able to listen to right here on 9th on the Bell, and then postgame coverage immediately after the network broadcast ends. So basically, put it on now, and then just rip the knob off, because you're going to be here the rest of the night. That's what Tune you do. it in and rip the That's knob off. That's what you do. Off. But uh, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee today, stating he's going to go do a darkness retreat four days darkness isolation totally dark by himself in a little house then he will decide what he's going to do uh after that i think you could argue that's a good sign for the jets he's preparing himself for complete darkness (laughs) also you could argue four days alone with the person aaron Rodgers loves most himself yes and then he'll decide uh, what he's going to do after that what do you think
1: he is, like, the most classic this-effing guy. Like, I, I – he's not as caustic. They're in the same vein, but he's not as, like – he doesn't have the anti-Semitic stuff. You know, so I'm not – I don't want to put him in the no, same – No, he does not. I don't want to put him in the same With category Kyrie. as Kyrie because he has other baggage. They're analogous. But they're they're in the same, yeah. like, same church, different same pew. Zip code. Same church, yeah. different pew, right? Where, like, he's not as – like he doesn't have that baggage. He's not racist that we know of or anything like that. He doesn't. He hasn't made those type of statements, and, and that's good. Uh, and that's good. The he's bar not is a bigot. low here, but that's good. I mean, he's not a he's not a bigot, but by God, he is a he is a weird guy. He is like the classic yeah. goes to college, smokes weed, and all of a sudden he's the guy who's he's so spiritual. He's the cool and,
0: sub that sells the kids weed.
1: Right, right. But it seems like he he didn't he wasn't this. My high
0: school had one of those. by the way. <laughs> Really? Oh yeah, he got in trouble for it, uh, obviously.
1: I got that's tough. That's, uh, that's, that's well, a the tough only person reason to I be. said that, the only reason tough I said that is it's,
0: sometimes it's difficult for people to believe that anyone gets in trouble in Florida for anything. Yeah, well, Florida man. There are some laws. Not many. No, you get but some.
1: You you get in trouble for well, You know. I don't even want to go down that road. But anyway.
0: I do know. <laughs> when you live five minutes from the line, like I know. you you get that even in Georgia.
1: I know. <laughs> So did we know this? Like I know he went to, he went to Cal. Like he was, we knew he was a cerebral guy, but we didn't really know this side of Aaron Rodgers until like he really came into his own as a, a this effing guy. in, like the last eight years, after he won his Super Bowl, I feel like that's when he really um, came out of his shell, and we found out just how much we don't like this man.
0: He's pretty annoying. Like, you know what he reminds like, me like, of? But did, did he
1: not understand? That, like, McAfee was trying not to laugh. Like during that entire, you know, what he, he was treating it earnestly, and they were both like, "So you know the what's wrong with you?"
0: The if you've not watched, it's not for kids at all. But the I think you should leave show on Netflix is a great show, a bunch of sketch <laughs> comedy, and it's all it so absurdity. Much. But there is the episode where they this girl is bringing her boyfriend. Over to like game night with all the friends, and it's his first introduction to all of them, their first introduction to all of him, or of him, and they're playing charades. And all like the answers that he has provided are all just the most obscure hipster, like jazz musicians and stuff. He never heard of, you know, Bonnie Click. She was on the Colgate Hour and all this stuff. That's him. That's Aaron Rodgers.
1: Except that he doesn't actually know anything about them. He's heard about them. He just has them on the shelf. He heard, yeah, exactly. He's the classic. He is one of the fake intellectuals. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think he's actually read all the books that he has on his shelf. That's that's that guy. Like he, he'll strategically place them all behind him. in the LeBron Zoom at least call. read
0: the first page of that Malcolm X biography. He
1: read it a lot. Like <laughs> he 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 was in the same. I would. I need somebody to track every time that LeBron showed up with that book and see if the pages change and did they change in order. Or was he just like randomly opening it to a page? You know what I mean, and, and and reading it. Or was he actually?
0: You feel like a jerk though if it comes out that he just starts it over as soon as he finishes it. Yeah,
1: he just keeps reading yeah. it over and over again, and he can quote it to you like word right. for word. That
0: well, he can do that with basketball, that's for sure. <coughs> All right, it anyway, is anyway. Aaron Rodgers is a D-back. Yeah, he's the worst. I just wanted to make a Jets <laughs> joke uh, about a darkness retreat. Uh, if there was, if you power ranked people in the NFL, NFL who would do a darkness retreat before deciding their. Uh, their team plans for the for the following year he would be number one two three four five like he's all of them.
1: who else do you know who else would have and he's actually somebody i like ricky williams oh that's true but he's somebody
0: who but ricky does like, you have funny he just does all drugs
1: he and he had you know anxiety and everything everybody thought he was a weirdo and all this stuff and he was but it was be, for a reason and i when i lived in austin for a year i got a chance to he was he would do regular spots you know on the radio and he was awesome and he had like a really nice rehab to his image. People just didn't understand him when he was in the league. And after he retired and walked away from the game and, and found more peace being out of the public eye, I think he got a little bit of a rehab. Nationally, he doesn't really care. And and he didn't get a lot of exposure nationally. But locally in Texas, it was really cool to to kind of get a, a, a dose of what Ricky Williams really was like. You know, after, after he got out of the public eye and away from the things that
0: really bothered him, which was literally interacting with the public at all All right well look it's a men's uh, basketball game day today they're heading to pit or in pit i have 25 more minutes of aaron Rodgers talk no well i mean i know that we would (laughs) be tempted (laughs) to but i'm gonna choose to be to at least approach today and tonight like an opportunity for optimism sure And, and i don't think that there's any reason not to and one of the things i guess i didn't we didn't talk very much about at all over the weekend uh, or after the weekend is, the Louisville played a lot better against Florida State than it did in the first matchup, where that was extremely lopsided. Uh, and and even though Florida State was not having a good year like at all, Louisville played a lot better against them uh, in in the second matchup. And while I hate this sort of uh, process of trying to like just sort of pick through things with the fine tooth come to find to be even remotely optimistic about, I was optimistic about that. If nothing else, like there's a, some growth here in places uh, throughout the season, to where that Florida State game, you know, they they were prepared, they had a chance, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that second half run was really inc- like I hate to do this, I, I, and, and look, we're gonna we're gonna
0: try to talk about this in a different way, and this yeah, is why I'm going, going this way right We're here.
1: going to try, and that's what I, I, I wanted to do to approach it a different way. And I know that the the counter is look, we we played awful in the first half, and we shouldn't have been in that hole to begin with. I agree. But that second half run was encouraging, and it was nice to see them able to do those things and put themselves in a position to possibly win the game. You know, and I, this is a—we are in the middle of our own fan base wide darkness retreat right now. <laughs> okay, in the middle of this basketball season, and you know, <laughs> we we just this is not Pollyanna. We know exactly we, where we are as a basketball team, but I got to tell you, it gets really—it it grates. On us to have to try to talk about this the same way. I need to look at this team some different way personally, because just recycling what we know, what we think we know, and what's obvious, which is none of this is okay. And we are very open about our position on Kenny Payne. You know our our individual positions on it. Uh, I am very open about it, but at this point, I am going to lose it if I have to say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I feel like it, it's worthwhile to at least break down Pittsburgh
0: as an opponent and see w- what we can do and if we've got a shot tonight well look when when Louisville played Florida State the first time December 10th they lost by 22 i mean they were completely dominated in both halves uh, it, it like it was as, as one side as it could possibly be and you played them the second time at home against uh, the team close doing, to doing two about two months the same later as we were doing, anyway. right and Louisville loses, they have a chance to win the game or tie the game, excuse me, uh, on the last possession, they're down three. But they did a lot of things better than they did even close to uh, in the first game against Florida State. And this I think may be the most interesting part. You know you, I think Hunley Hatfield still would be like the most kind of raw skilled guy or the best combination of like skills and size and that sort of thing that Louisville really has. and he played in that Florida State game. You did not play in the second one. Yeah. and Louisville did did really well. Uh, so to speak, obviously, we without winning all that sort of thing is short of just saying like, man, it sure would be nice to go up there and win this game tonight. Like, it, are we allowed to approach this game that way? In which to way? where you can look at this one and say like, I w- if I can see demonstrable improvement in the way that you faced Pitt tonight versus the way the first matchup against them went, like we've been looking for tangible, you know, recordable recognizable signs of of movement towards better basketball around here if they if they lose to pit just like they lost to florida state is that progress i mean
1: i'm inclined to say yes
0: doesn't feel right does it it doesn't
1: it doesn't that's that's what i fear every time we start talking about the team because I have a hard time with my rational brain just being like, yeah, it's progress. And it's like, yeah, but it's still a loss. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it, 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 it borders on moral victory talk, which I am not about. I don't want to talk about it like that. But if we're going to be realistic about this and um, be genuine about breaking down the performances and looking at any kind of sign of progress... Then yeah, you need to look at the manner in which they they play this game, not just if they win it or not. Pitt is sixteen and seven, nine and three in the ACC. They're a surprise this year. I I'm actually a little surprised that, quite frankly, yeah, just I think the ACC is down again. I mean, I don't I don't think it's that impressive of a conference. I think they have two teams that could possibly make a run, and we might be surprised again like we were last March. But
0: right, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to stick with the commitment that I've made in light of last year. I'm not talking down the ACC come postseason time after last year. I mean, look, call me a homer, I don't care, but last year's tournament run by the entire conference, I remember that, and I'm going to keep that in mind this year.
1: Everybody should remember it. You know, you don't discount it. Um, But, yeah, look, Pitt's a decent team this year. They are, and I, I, you would have to be – at least happier watching it, or at least encouraged somewhat if they play them close to the end. But, again, I think that when a team's – it's all a matter of of, of mentality. I mean, there's going to be some people that are looking for any, any positives with this team, and there's going to be some people that, did you lose the game? Then what else matters? You know what I mean? So it's – i <laughs> I'm going to have to try to, to watch this game and, and take every – positive scrap i can get just because for my mentals i can't just be a font of negativity all the time about this team it's too prominent in our lives three days a week for me and five days a week for you like it's too prominent for me to just be miserable all the time watching this team but if they come out and get
0: blown out by 25 of course i'm gonna be (laughs) sad, and it's gonna be terrible (laughs) you know the reason that i was asking about just sort of perhaps seeing progress even if they don't necessarily win is Louisville the Louisville is so bad in terms of like the metrics and that sort of thing. I would imagine that the message from the head coach of any of these teams trying to make it uh, you know trying to survive as a bubble team or whatever uh, when it comes to playing Louisville down the stretch here is, guys you you cannot afford to lose this game. And, and so Louisville's not going to, as a, as a team that is definitely struggling this year, they're never going to get, in a game against a bubble team, they're not going to get the luxury of being overlooked, ever. Because every coach is going to, to hammer home to them, guys, we can't. Now that's an anchor that a yep. bubble team's going so to be. So you're going to get a over. weird desperation of, of, yeah. t- of the, the bubble teams who just who know they can't afford to lose this game. Uh, That's you, and it's going to end up being something to watch and pay attention to when it comes to Kentucky. That South Carolina loss is awful for them. In fact, I was uh, reading sort of some reviews of how first year head coaches are doing, and of course, obviously, you know, Kenny's getting killed, just like which there is, I mean, the, the results are what they are. But the, there was a kind of a quiet or, or a, a quick aside, like we've been killing some of these coaches that are struggling in other places, like Kenny Payne or like even Patrick Ewing at Georgetown or Cal. Not not nearly enough about South Carolina, who's two ninety six, I believe, on Ken Palm. That's just a few spots ahead of where Louisville is. Yeah, uh, and they've got the number one overall recruit from last year on their team. That's wild. They stink.
1: Yeah, they're really bad. That's 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 the anchor around uh, Kentucky's neck. It's funny because you watch not to just
0: go too far into Kentucky, but the first four. I don't think we have to apologize for just referencing them in terms of college basketball. It's no, okay. no, but I'm saying
1: like because we were in the middle of a Louisville conversation. That's okay. the only why I said it. Uh, but the first four the other day. On bracketology included North Carolina and Kentucky, which I'm sure they would love <laughs> to see that on the Tuesday night, you know, going into the weekend. Um, amazing to think of. And then Duke's not that far off of that profile. Duke got profile. skunked last night. They got absolutely destroyed. Miami's legit. Miami's absolutely legit. And Miami-Virginia game is going to be amazing. Um, Jim Lerner is a good coach, man. He is. He is a good Did you see him flash the money wad? After Beheim made the reference to, and I'm sure you guys talked about Beheim screaming. We had a lot yesterday. of fun with Beheim yesterday. Um, he pulled out. Lernerica pulled out a a money clip on the like on the court while he was prepping for the game. There's no way he does that on accident. No. He probably doesn't carry money onto the court usually. Like I can't imagine most college coaches leave their wallet in there. You know what I mean? Like it's probably locked away in their locker in their desk, whatever he just pulled out, like, nonchalantly pulled out a wad of money <laughs> from his front pocket, just kind of he held see it. You can't any Just kind of just yeah. held it as a total troll job. Absolutely. Boeheim, and then put it back in his pocket. Like, I it. If I was Larry Naga, <sighs> I'd be like,
0: you can piss off, old man. Oh,
1: yeah. How could you not? Like, and here's the thing about Beheim. Yeah, well, I'm sure the, you guys got into it yesterday. The funny thing
0: was him saying that he called... He called Steve Forbes at 2.30 in the morning, and they hashed it out. And I, like... Two thirty. If you call me two thirty in the morning, we're gonna fight. Yeah. But he's really old. He probably just woke up.
1: Right. I just I just picture like, Beheim with like a just a bottle of bourbon hammered at two thirty in the morning, just like, hey, Steve. <laughs> Steve's like, what, Jim? What? Uh, but that
0: th- this isn't that Steve Forbes, is it? <laughs> <That's> right. right.
1: <laughs> what cracks me up about this? I'm sure you guys got into it deep yesterday. I wasn't able to listen. Um, all these old coaches, guys like Beheim, who are failing in the old system before the new system comes about. like he has been on the decline for a decade. Oops. Yep, uh, he locked into a final four or two with bad teams. But he has been failing essentially, since like 2010, 2012, really, 2012- 2013, the last time you know, the, the famous Big East tournament final, that was around the time of his last really good teams from fr- back to, from front to back in the year um he was failing in the old system but then NIL comes about and it becomes a way for him to blame his struggles on the new reality in the new system and this is what's evil about college basketball and we're we're letting we're losing you know grip of reality and and it just it's it's wrong and this and that and basically kind of uh, passively blaming his struggles on all these other teams that should be below us in the standings, buying their rosters when he was failing before all this happened, and he should have retired eight years ago.
0: Well, it's the it's the the very common. Well, things aren't going nearly as well as they used to. I know I haven't gotten any worse, so it must be uh, it must be that the system uh, is falling apart here. Texture says, please tell me I haven't missed the Ference uh, discussion. No, we'll we'll have some more fun with Ferentz. Because that was happening live while we were on the air yesterday. Uh, but all of the details that have continued to come out about that uh, with Ferentz and his son, uh, it's it's humorous. I am so glad it's happening to someone else. Because yeah. it would make us all here Insane. crazy. Insane. Um,
1: it's hilarious to have somebody who Kirk Ferrance has been such a made man for he- being like Good, but never great. Nine win, Kurt Ferrance, which is there's worse things to be, but you're every once in a while he reaches for the stars and gets 10, 11 wins. But that's basically he's never going to be bad, he's never going to
0: win a national championship. Win uh, if or you're lo- okay with that. That's win fine. or lose. I have sat down in my life and watched exactly one Iowa football game. When it was over, I was like, man, that was fun. And that was when they beat the holy hell out of Ohio State that one random time. Because I like Urban Meyer looking like he's going to keel over at any point over on the sideline, which he does when they're getting beat like that. Yeah. Uh, And he knew they had no business doing that, so it was doubly fun. But every other time, it's – Louisville fans didn't even really thoroughly enjoy Charlie's last team because it was like, this could be way better than it is. They're sort of just trudging through this. Uh Because of the style. I can't imagine being an Iowa fan. God. And, like, what I'm saying
1: is that's who you pay, like, $8 million a year to and give him carte blanche to hire his son who's not good at his job. Like, he's one of the worst. He leads one of the worst offenses in Power 5 football. Uh, It was historically bad, or at least comically bad last year, but of every joke. But this is the man who has, like, unlimited power in Iowa football.
0: Somehow, somehow, right? Know?
1: Like this is who you have hitched your wagon to is Kirk Ferentz. Like it's, it's wild to me. Do you think some Iowa fans wish like they kept giving him raises so he wouldn't? Leave. He was he was rumored for NFL jobs forever, and like did who would want that? Who in the NFL would sign up for Kirk Ferentz? I realize that that star, his star, has faded and that time has passed. But do you think there's some Iowa fans like man, we should
0: just let him go? Instead of basically just turning the keys over and oh right, the next time you sort of draw a hard line, you're like you should, you should do that. Yeah, that sounds like a really good opportunity for you. Like, please, you've played all your cards. Like, he doesn't, po- he doesn't possibly have any. I'm real, you've proven yourself. You got nothing left to prove. Sure, yet. like right. You, right. you're yes, like sir.
1: you've done everything you can here in the beautiful state of Iowa. Maybe you should pack up and go to Green Bay or somewhere else, right up the road. Just, just go. Could on. You
0: just imagine you wake up a random fall Saturday. It's 39 degrees outside. Sun hasn't been out days, maybe weeks. <laughs> Months. <laughs> You're going to show up at this 100 plus year old stadium Don't you right next to leg. a hospital and sit in the bitter cold for four hours to watch your team win seven to three. And the seven points is two safeties and a field goal. <laughs> Like, you can't leave there feeling good about yourself.
1: <laughs> you just, you can't. I will give them credit, though. The coolest, like, new tradition in college football is waving at the agree, patients yeah, at the children's hospital. That's awesome. And I give Iowa football the credit in the world for that. Very cool. It's very hard to make traditions, new traditions, and make them cool and worthwhile
0: and make them stick.
1: And that one's really cool.
0: I have a, but that is I have joyless a joke football. formulating in my head that I want to make and not get myself in any kind any of trouble. trouble. Do you think I should just, do I just go with it here? I think I. I almost think I know where you're going to go. If you feel like you can artfully
1: say it without sounding like a complete...
0: Do the kids in the hospital feel bad for the Iowa fans? Exactly. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I figure Are they waving at the now. Iowa fans out of sympathy? Is what I'm saying.
1: Like, do the kids have to watch that whole game? From that window, or are they, are they allowed to go do what have they suffered literally enough? anything else Is what I'm saying. Have they suffered enough, right? Or no? right. <laughs> like, do are they allowed no, to leave it. the I window? I hope I don't get fired. You did, but honestly, like, do they have to watch the whole game, or can they just, just simply, close the blinds, please? Like, can they just let them go play video <laughs> games or literally do anything other than watch Iowa football? Exactly. How the hell do we end up here? I don't know. Kirk Ferentz. That's That's what what it is.
0: Makes you say stupid (laughs) stuff.
1: Speaking of.
0: Okay. Bring it home. Speaking of. Do it.
1: Speaking of sons of coaches who are terrible and keep getting opportunities or keep getting paid to coach football, the ghost of Brian Schottenheimer is once again a coordinator in the NFL
0: for another unsuspecting team. It's unbelievable. It it does it does make you wonder if like what does it take to truly be like unhirable? Because of performance, not issues because coaches can can certainly make themselves nuclear in that regard. But just in terms of performance, is there ever a time where someone's like that's you just you know that's not going to work. We're not going to do that. Because Brian Schottenheimer has got to be way up there. And I think the worst part about it is for for poor guys like Steve uh, and Cowboys fans who have good hearts and who stick with that team thick or thin is that either hiring Brian Schottenheimer to be your offensive coordinator means Brian Schottenheimer is your offensive coordinator or Mike McCarthy is your He's offensive coordinator. He's calling plays and Brian Schottenheimer is I mean, there. you're talking mumps of the measles here. Yeah,
1: basically you sit Brian Schottenheimer in a room and say, look, Brian, we all know you're not good at this. But
0: neither Uh, am I. But
1: we're going to hire you. But I'm the boss. To sit in the chair and maybe take heat. But we have to hire an offensive coordinator public-facing. I'll call the plays. You sit there with a headset on. You get cash checks. But Brian Shaw, he is the biggest nepotism hire, like, in the history of the NFL, it feels like. And he keeps getting jobs. Like, I remember when people were like, well, they're going to hire him away from the Jets. Like, please, take him. No, not that. Yeah, oh no, anything but that. Like, take Brian Schottenheimer off my hands. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like, that's the greatest gift Marty
0: ever gave him was his last name. That's true. That's true. It's awful. All right, let's take a a quick break here uh, just to let everybody know. (laughs) Excuse me, 4 o'clock. We're talking about Jason Anderson. We haven't talked to Jason in forever. I'm super excited. uh, But he's at the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And I want to talk about the Super Bowl at 4 o'clock. So we're going to talk with Jason Uh, at 4 o'clock about the Super Bowl. The rest of this time, largely going to be focused around what to expect tonight uh, with Pitt and what we're going to make out of it regardless here. On the drive on Athenaville. Right back.
1: Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again just like I just did.
0: You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your
1: game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at
0: athletico.com. listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here. The phone lines, we'll go ahead and open them up here. 81.50, 93.9, 38, 3193.9 for the UPS Jobs text line. Dave, I did want to quickly ask you on the air here, how did... How did you enjoy your uh, finally finally getting to experience a victory, a victorious post-game show I have been feeling for uh, for women's basketball? I've been feeling for you and Chrissy Banta, who doing a great job with that. Thank you. Uh, you. You earn all of your stripes in those losing post-game shows, uh, and I have been having flashbacks of my own to the first year I did them in 2011, 11-12 mm-hmm. uh, season. My very first post-game show was after Louisville got hammered by Marquette and Rakeem Buckles tore his knee all up I remember that game in that well. game, that was my first experience, and I actually remembered leaving that post-game show thinking, like, what have I done? This uh, doesn't seem like a good idea at and all. And it culminated with them making the Final Four that year. Yeah. So hang in there. You're going to be all
1: right. We're good. You know, we we've uh, we did plenty last year and, and the year before. We started off the postseason before last was the first time we did one, and it was the f- the game against Stanford in the Elite Eight, you know, that it was a rough second half and we lost. But this year we got the Kentucky game. We had the victory celebration after that one. But it's been rough with NC State and Duke and Virginia Tech. It's almost felt like a curse. It was really nice to break through on Sunday. Really big win against Deja Kelly, uh, Courtney Banghart, and the uh, the UNC Tar Heels. Like As much as they've struggled this year to figure things out, they're still in position to possibly get a bye in the ACC tournament. Uh, and if they make a run here down the stretch, they could really improve their seating. I mean just just that win knocked them up to the seven line, which is a big deal getting off that eight nine line. yep, <laughs> get out of that first weekend matchup with one of the top four teams in the country. um I liked a lot of what I saw on Sunday. There were still things to iron out, but the defense was phenomenal in stretches. um they finished, and the effort was awesome from from front to back, and we got to see some other players step up, and Mikasa is really, as much as she's been so valuable to this team from the time she stepped on campus, she's really kind of reaching the next level, her final form, Mm -hmm. where I think Jeff is really starting to lean on her more and more as a ball handler, as the primary ball handler, Uh, because she does the best, especially in transition of getting this team into the offense, uh, setting up other players for success. I think Anila Harris will will be the first one to tell you because she's really uh, been instrumental in her coming along on the offensive end, uh, but Mikasa takes care of the basketball. She does everything that Jeff asks on offense. She's steady. The only thing she doesn't do is score in bunches. But she is such an injection of just energy and passion. And she, her mere presence on the court, I feel like, demands that everybody else reaches her level and meets her level. Um, and that's just something you can't you can't teach. And it's funny she she doesn't just raise the level of energy of her teammates, but you can feel it in the arena. Every time Mikasa does anything, that place just goes nuts. And we're going to miss her dearly when she moves on after this season. But I look forward to seeing what she can do in the next
0: month with well, this team. he Look, what Jeff's doing with that team is pretty instructive when you have uh, a, an, a coach that has a talented team that's not playing well, you know, above a, a relatively bad team with good I'm not saying they're bad team but you know what I mean like, like there are players you look at him like the players should be better yeah the sum the less, total should be yeah. better than, exactly than what it's been up to this point is less and some of the parts and, and there's and Jeff's been perplexed by various parts of he's he's approached them 10 different ways uh and finally it's just like let, let's just see what happens when we do this and it has worked and I'm a firm believer and if it worked. You don't totally have to understand why. Better if you do, but you don't totally have to. Uh, it just worked, uh, and he is experienced enough, I think, and has an, more than enough credibility built up to sort of weather these times and figure them out. Yeah. And I would imagine that Louisville is one of those teams. If you are a, a you know a one seed, a two seed, and you're like, you tell me we might have to play them in the second round. That's not fair. It's the sort of thing we would complain about yeah. as the one or two seed around here, typically.
1: Yeah. If if Louisville ends up. Staying on the the seven seven or eight line seven eight nine line a one or two seed is going to be really upset playing Louisville in the second in the second uh, second round. But I have a really I have a feeling that Louisville's got another maybe they can beat Notre Dame in one of those two two games or win a couple of games in the ACC tournament uh, and put it together to the point where they're they're a six or a five even. Well, that's the great thing about yeah. the ACC.
0: They're going to have so many opportunities to kind of boost that resume here uh, between now and the end of the year. I, I think that if he really has found something, they're going to have every chance in the world to to pile on that. And I wouldn't, you know, if they really have figured out maybe some of the, the, uh, the issues in terms of defensive intensity and all that sort of thing, uh, I wouldn't want any part of them uh, come postseason time, especially when you get in these, you know, these really – Ball, these games where th- the situations get mag uh, they they get blown up. You get all manner of of stressful situations where Louisville. I mean, has done they've played these games before. I wouldn't want any part of them, man. And get good good guard play. It's the proverbial like killer in tournament time.
1: Yeah, and when you think I'm about this about team, it's Mikasa. CC who's done really well. I mean, she was our offensive. Um, she was our scorer in the second half for the most part, and Haley finished well at through. Some struggles, Haley had her, her own eight zero run in the first quarter and then didn't score again until like the yeah. fourth. Um, but she kept her, her effort up, uh, ended up with seven boards, and stayed engaged the entire game and was really instrumental down the, the stretch along with CC and Mikasa. Uh, can't say enough about Nyla, and I don't know if you've noticed, Charlie Cream's bracketology right now has them as a seven seed. Do you know who their two seed would be?
0: The two seed for Louisville? Well, it wouldn't be anybody in the ACC. So no, not their one. Oh, yeah. LSU? Mm-hmm. Guys, they're number two in the country. How could they be a two I know, seed?
1: I know. Charlie Cream's. They're, they're undefeated. And right now they're a two seed in Charlie Cream's bracketology. Charlie's not very good at this. I'm just going to tell you all. Like he, <laughs> so this <laughs> is a Charlie Cream problem. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Right. Charlie's Charlie's been doing this for a while, and his bracketology has been butt from the beginning. Like, it's just a, <laughs> it, it's It doesn't make a lot of sense. But. It's the fighting Kim Mulkeys I would love nothing more than to play them in the second round and send them home.
0: I would find that man. And that it
1: would, be would be in Baton Rouge. very encouraging. You know, it would be at LSU. They would be the the host for the first four, um, or for the first two rounds of the, of the of the tournament, and that would just be. I would love. To be the inspiration for another like Kim Mulkey jacket throw, and have you noticed that she has leaned really hard even more than she did at Baylor into like the sequins? Oh yeah, and uh, she looks like a televangelist or something. It's it's awful. She's like a uh, she's like the basketball version of Dolores Umbridge, where she dresses from Harry Potter, where she dresses like a sweet saccharine woman, and she is just a terrible person.
0: Correct. So. I would find that thoroughly encouraging. And watching her. Uh, in agony when Louisville beat them when she was at Baylor was uh one of the more enjoyable games i've ever i've ever watched yeah, thoroughly
1: enjoyable so one of my f- top three favorite louisville memories, along with the Sugar Bowl and the national championship
0: eighty one fifty ninety three nine that's uh the number if you want to get in here thirty eight thirty one 90 through 9 for the UPS jobs text line. You can hit us up that way as well. Louisville lost to this Pittsburgh team. The men did 75 54 earlier this year. Uh, And really, in particular, I think whimpered down the stretch, outscored in the second half by 12. Sounds Uh, familiar, Mark. And Pittsburgh didn't really do a lot that blew you away. But Louisville turned the ball over 17 times in that game. And Pitt did shoot fourteen of thirty-four from three. It's David. It doesn't. I don't think it's crazy to think if there, if Louisville is marginally better taking care of the basketball in this one, and Pitt just doesn't shoot a spectacular forty-one percent on thirty-four attempts from three. Forty-one is not spectacular, but it's really good on that many attempts. I mean, they made 14 threes. Louisville made five but, in that game. Yeah. This could it could be a more competitive game. And i Louisville I'm not, actually out rebounded them by one in that game.
1: And I'm not look, I'm not. Pittsburgh is a tough case study because overall they've had a good year. Um you would think on the surface that this would be a really tall task for Louisville, and it is. But they're also kind of Jekyll and Hyde this season, where we've been singing the praises of this Miami team. Pittsburgh beat them a couple weeks ago. Um, they just came off a win against UNC. Obviously, UNC is I mean, be- Beating
0: Miami and UNC back-to-back is pretty back damn good.
1: On the road at UNC, by the way. So even if UNC is a bubble team, that's a big-time win, especially for a, a fellow bubble team. Um, but then they lost to Florida State at home by seven, which is a terrible loss in the acc this year almost akin to losing to us almost (laughs) um it's a it's a weird and they lost to clemson by a point which has up until last week it's funny it's almost like oliver Purnell is is still coaching clemson uh because they did the the clemson thing where they used to do where they started like 18 and 0 or like 19 and three and it's like oh they're they're a bubble team.
0: <laughs> at the end of the year, how many times like that happened? Like three years in a row. Crimson no? its finest. It was incredible. I mean, like, that's happening this year right now. That's I, what I'm saying. Like, I, it's well, old, it's I'd old like school. I'd like to remind everybody, we got a lot of. We should have hired Matt McMahon from people when LSU was 12 and one. Now LSU's 12 and 11. They've lost 10 in a row. Yes.
1: I still take Matt McMahon
0: though. <laughs> that's I mean 12 me. and 11 is a lot better than 3 and 20, but it ain't great. Let me paint a picture for you. Ten guys. straight's no good either. Let's
1: let's be honest. Like before we get back in the Pittsburgh analysis, let me go ahead and just just put this out there. I liked Matt McMahon a lot, and I would have been okay with, with you him. all. Would
0: have been so annoying if they had hired Matt McMahon,
1: but not even just. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like oh, if sorry. if Matt McMahon was 12 and 11 with this Louisville team, and we didn't hire Kenny Payne, right? Do you have any idea how it would almost be worse than it is now? if we passed Jerry up Kenny Payne by two hours a day <laughs> if, if we had passed up Kenny Payne for Mac McMahon, it's just one of those things like there were certain guys that even if they like in retrospect were looking at they would be doing better we don't have the information that we would have where Kenny Payne's 3-19 that wouldn't be the world we were living in True. Would be living in a he'd world be a blank slate, right? Exactly, where we hired a mid-major coach and he isn't doing any better than last year's team,
0: and you passed up Kenny
1: Payne oh, for him. It would be so toxic. This is what people don't think about it that way. Uh,
0: the, no, the, what you're talking about right now is without question the one of the most difficult parts of all of these conversations about how Kenny's doing. Yeah, is it's like you. you Everyone feels free to make these comparisons. But if we had hired, if we had gone in any of those directions with, with Matt McMahon or some of these other guys, people would have been, they would have lost. No, no one else was palatable either. Right. And they.
1: I got killed for Steve fa- Forbes. If you think it's bad now, and it is, trust me, it's historically bad. But we don't, like, we're living in a world where we have that data. In a world where we hired somebody else and left Kenny Payne on the shelf. And they even performed better than this. And they were 8 and 12. We don't have, or even 12 and 8. We don't have the information that we wouldn't have had. If they were hovering around 500, there would be pitchforks and there would be outrage. And there would have been think pieces and there would have been everything because we pass over Kenny Payne again to hire another mediocre coach. Like the thing, it wasn't palatable. Like it wasn't even. I just trust me as somebody, Like I, I'm telling you. That world would be somehow worse in the media, and in Louisville than this world is. I, I see your point because the calls, you know, it's nonstop right now. And if the like you say they were hypothetically eight wins, it'd still be nonstop. It's like we should have got Kenny Payne this. That's right. So because we don't, I have do see your point. point. You. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it's 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 one hundred percent true. By the way, this texture is absolutely true. He's absolutely right. Biscuit, he just called you David. I heard that, and I was very confused by it. If he uses your middle name, you better sit down.
0: You have a lot of names, though, so that would take forever. I do. I just kind of let it go. I it hope you didn't feel talk. like scolded or anything.
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't a scolding situation. It was just like okay. to me by surprise because I don't think you've ever called me David.
0: I before. don't know that. I, I don't it, even know why I, I that did too. that. I've, I don't know why I did it. I have used David as a joke during
1: Stump the Gas Bags. Like, do you want to take on David? Or I called Mark Marcus once, and he got that's not my name. Me. though, <laughs> so so I, I hate just, that. Yeah, so I learned from my listen from that. But I've <laughs> called Dave David a few times on Stump the Gas Bag. Mark, yeah, I don't think you've ever said it it's before. It's one syllable. You don't have to <laughs> <Yeah>. change it. <laughs> Man.
0: The gospel according to Marcus. Do you not Marcus? I mean, Marcos in Greek is fine. Marcos. I'm not Greek. My name's Mark. M-A-R-K. Four letters. Bam. Four letters. Done. Boom. Not Mark with a C. Not with a C. That is weak. Wow. I'm not, no, I No, it doesn't look right. It doesn't just... Wow. It's not, wrong. It's not right. It is not right. It's I can't weak. stand it.
1: It is. What are your thoughts on the spelling of Megan.
0: I'm just curious. With H or, or no H? Yeah. Don't see any use for it. The H? The H yeah. is just super Don't like that one. It's don't superfluous. like G off. Sorry, any yeah, G offs G-off there? Yeah, G off is tough. I have
1: an uncle named G off with the I know, I don't.
0: <laughs> I've just, there's an easier way to do this. G off is tough. Now, what don't about
1: Sarah? Does it need an H at the end or no H?
0: I prefer an H at the end of Sarah.
1: Well, you hit my mom did. She has no H. Mm-hmm. What about
0: Zach? How do want Zach spelled. Uh, Z, there's three options. I'm fine with that Actually, four. One. What are the, wait,
1: K, Z-A-C. H, just a C. Just a C, just a K, a C and a K, or
0: oh, I've CH. Ne- I H. I don't like just the K. The others are. That's all... that's a thing though. I want C H or C They're K. I'm fine either way. What I'm about just a C? No, that
1: doesn't. We don't great. like it. All right. I'm glad we get. I'm glad we're getting all this out of here. Like I've been doing radio with you for several years now, and we've never. We've just been waiting to ask me about. Or, that. Yeah, I got a lot I mean, of questions. Yeah. Any other, other ones questions? you want to run by? I'll get there. I'll get there. Fair enough. <laughs> so this is. To get back to the point, this is a very Jekyll and Hyde pit team coming off of two very impressive wins. Uh, Maybe they're like putting it together permanently down the stretch here, but uh, they did drop a win, a game at home to Florida State. So I I just, I feel like much like the rest of the season, it's very incumbent on Louisville. Like this is not a world-beating team. Uh, I think that there's a few teams that Louisville won't belong in the gym in this 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 stretch run, Virginia. I think Miami's going to blow the doors off of us, just how I feel. I mean, maybe maybe they prove me wrong. And that's not where we should be. Trust me when I'm not saying that's acceptable at all. Um, but this pit team is one of those teams, and I don't think they're that superior. I think they've been playing well this year, but they have it in them to drop games to teams they shouldn't drop games to. Uh, they are a bubble-type team, and if they lose to Louisville, it's going to be an extremely... A tough sell for them to get anywhere close to the tournament, so they're going to be inspired
0: tonight. They should be. Yeah, that's the thing that like Louisville's not going to uh, in these desperate situations. They're not going to get the advantage even of being overlooked uh, because Capel's going to hammer home to them, guys. If whatever whatever postseason aspirations we might have, they are done if we don't win this game tonight. Done. And so Louisville's going to have to get. They're they're not going to be able to count on that or at least even benefit from that. They're going to have to have it tonight. They will have to bring it tonight. Have yeah. to, no question. They're not. They're going to get. And I would imagine. Don't you think? If you are Jeff Capel and you just you just got called out for a, for quote unquote buying a team by by Jim Bayheim and perhaps received an apology that woke you up from dead sleep at two thirty in the morning or whatever the hell he was doing. It's so weird. Coaches are all so weird. Uh, they might have a little something for Louisville tonight out of spite for Jim Bayon. Not to mention, there haven't been lots of opportunities for for Pitt at home to really enjoy almost anything lately. I mean, it's been almost years uh, for them. I think he can probably see it from here. And they're going to come into this game, Pittsburgh, with a lot of confidence after that North Carolina game because that was a chippy game. They out-topped yeah, a tough North
1: Carolina a- team. The North Carolina fans were very um there was a lot of conversations around cable and the way they treated you know the, the pit the pit UNC friction after that game. It was kind of interesting to watch that that discourse, but yeah, it was chippy. Chippy's a good way to put it. Louisville has not had a chippy game this year because we're not good. Yeah. That's the thing like Chippy games are normally born out of close games. There's not like sometimes teams can get frustrated and it gets chippy when you're down by thirty, but usually chippiness comes from passion, uh, and some sense of urgency. I mean, some guys are just chippy to be chippy. I mean, you know they're right, but this team isn't full of those type of guys. You know, they're not the type of they're the type of guys to shut down instead of lash out when they're getting beat by twenty. 25 unfortunately kind of wish there were guys in this team that would lash out you've said it this year yep
0: you know you're you're the one begging for flagrants over there we did like
1: mark's trying to try to get somebody just to two-piece somebody after getting down by 25
0: i do appreciate and I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart one of my favorite things is when i can tell that you guys listen to what i say and the number of you who reached out to me to say like there it is after Roosevelt Wheeler got his yeah. uh his flagrant foul in the Georgia Tech game, then we're like, You been asking for that? Like that made me feel good. That made me feel like they they they've been listening to they've
1: me. They've been listening, like maybe Roosevelt Wheeler was listening to you.
0: I doubt that. <laughs> if he was listening to me, he ain't anymore. That's
1: right. <laughs> but yeah, like that's that's the thing. Like we, we get Chippy comes from personality and chippy comes from situations. You know, and I don't think we've been in a lot of situations. And there's been some close games, but they don't have the personality. They don't have a lot of dogs on this team that are going to take it personally when they're getting beat and somebody insults them or dunks on them. And we thought that Sid Curry was that guy, but I think he's just distracted this season, and he, he's not that guy. But Do you have a theory on the season with him? No, I don't want to get too – like, I was uncomfortable when people were diagnosing him on the radio last week. I don't really want to
0: – Yeah, I'm not trying to do that.
1: Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, not. I just don't really – I don't want to throw out irresponsible accusations or any – not even accusations or, like, theories about him and and what could possibly have sapped motivation or what's distracting him or anything like that. I have – my only theory is that there's something going on in his personal life that has derailed his basketball career
0: probably. Texture says, in order for the game to get chippy, you have to be tough. We're not a tough team. That's kind of what I was getting at. When it comes to that. Um – I also think it has to bother you. And I I think one of the things that I think Kenny's got to have a real look in the mirror and the staff has got to have a real look in the mirror about is, you know, we could talk about defensive intensity. We can talk about uh, preparation or mental toughness or any of these things. But I, I would think your average coach on the outside would look at what's happening with Louisville and be like, it's a powder keg there. Yeah. That there be, But there it, it is not. Now, you might be worried about Louisville sort of just going in the tank, but what you're not having is, like, all kinds of crazy infighting, which I think, to me, is not a good sign. That's what I was going to say. Like, like it's I'm, not a good or a bad it's thing. It's not you know? a good – like, I, that is one of the things that I think has bothered me the most. Is like, I think you've got, you've got players who I do believe care about what they are supposed to be doing. And I think – Execution, whatever, but like I you know, I think no one's like just tuned Kenny out and doesn't care and is just going through the motions, but what you don't have is guys who care about what the other guys are doing. It's why I harp on the fact that like they don't huddle, I don't see them talk to each other, they don't get mad at each other. you know it's like five independent contractors out there that's what it looks like. A lot of the time and I would think that if I'm if I'm Josh Hurd, I would need at the end of the year, if we really are gonna see like, okay, we're gonna keep doing this and we've got some changes to make and I want to plan like that's one of those things I'd really wanna hear. Like hey how do you think we got here in, in terms of that and how are we going to avoid that in the future? Like it's a big problem. Like uh, for why this doesn't
1: team. why doesn't your or is your team taking on your personality? You know, like that's that's a big question. And why why aren't they self-motivated at all on the
0: court? Yeah, because that's usually one of those things that you can do without even necessarily impl- like explicitly yeah. trying to do it is, is right. just sort of by the nature of the contact, they do it. And they, and they have, it. They and have
1: ac- it. And accountability comes from other players is far more effective than accountability coming from the coaches.
0: All right, we're going to switch gears and talk a little Super Bowl, man. It is Super Bowl week. I'm excited about this game, especially because I don't care who wins. So yeah. I'm very much uh, looking forward to this one. We'll talk with Jason Anderson on the other side here. On the drive when I Thunderville. Be right back.